0: Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.
1: Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. I graduated from college with a psychology degree. But I really wanted to work in a creative field like marketing. So that summer, I was part of an advertising internship program for students of color. The experience changed the course of my life. From there, I went to work in entertainment marketing, writing and producing commercials for TV shows. That eventually led me back to school for my master's degree in journalism. But none of this would have happened without that advertising program. This is the beauty of internships and on-the-job training. They help you get that first foot in the door and can open up career paths you didn't know existed. Exposure to different jobs is an important aspect of career and technical education programs across the state. I'm Stephanie Daniel, and this is the Colorado Dream Career Education from KUNC. We're looking at how a small metro Denver school district is using career and technical education, also known as CTE, to give students both job training and the education to prepare them for future success, whether they go directly into the workforce or attend college after graduation. You've probably never heard of Pleasant de Spain. In 1870, he was the first settler to put down roots in what is now Westminster. According to city history, Despain built his home on 160 acres near the intersection of 76th Avenue and Lowell Boulevard. He and his five sons planted grain and apple and cherry orchards. The area was known as Despain Junction and grew into a small farming community. But farming in Colorado's arid climate was difficult. So many homesteaders sold their land to CJ Harris, a real estate developer from Connecticut who arrived in 1885. He subdivided the farms into smaller tracts of land and sold them to fruit farmers. The town was renamed Harris. But while all of this was going on, a New Yorker named Henry T. Mahan convinced the Denver Presbytery to build a university on part of the land he owned, which was the highest point in the area. Westminster University of Colorado opened in the fall of 1908. Three years later, Harris residents voted to incorporate as a city and changed the name again this time to Westminster after the university. The new city straddled two worlds. On the one hand, the farmers toiled on tough agricultural land. And on the other, the Red Sandstone University signaled academic ambition and progress. Today, Westminster is Colorado's eighth largest city. Even though it's part of the sprawling urban Metro Denver area, the city has held on to its agricultural roots. There's still a 230 acre working farm about three miles from downtown. So, I guess it's not surprising that Westminster High School, or Westie as the locals call it, has a robust agriculture program.
2: I think roses take like a long time to flower. Um, yeah.
1: There's a large greenhouse behind the school, and in mid April, students in the plant science and greenhouse management class were tending to their plants and produce. Junior Maya Kevil is in front of a large planter box inspecting her vegetables.
0: These are radishes, just different varieties, and then these are carrots. These should Take a little while longer, but these are about to be ready.
1: As she waters them, agricultural sciences teacher Heather Crabtree comes over to take a look.
0: These ones are flowering,
3: so that's pretty cool. I've never seen a radishes flower before, either. which is why I accidentally pulled one the other day, because I was like, what is this weed? Oh, you're fine. So you probably want to go ahead and harvest those guys. OK, cool.
1: OK? Agriculture classes are popular at Westie. of the high school's 13 CTE pathways fall under the ag umbrella. Animal science, plant science, and power structural and technical systems. I asked Heather why it's important to have these agriculture classes at an urban school.
3: I think, honestly, agriculture in schools like Westminster is more important than schools in rural areas. For the knowledge factor, it's a way for agriculture to connect in a place that it's not necessarily normally going to connect. You know, your rural kids are are surrounded by agriculture they know how it works we don't talk about farming i don't think i've ever once mentioned farming in this classroom because that's not what my kids are going to go into
1: when heather started teaching at westy in 2016 ag just had horticulture classes but that changed when the school district decided to overhaul the cte program six years ago
3: i really wanted it to be an all-inclusive pathway because i think there's so much that agriculture offers uh, beyond the plant world and that's things that our kids wanted to do they wanted to be a mechanic in in some sort or capacity. They wanted to be in the animal world, whether that was a vet or training or
1: whatever. Now there are nine ag classes, from pre-veterinarian to urban agriculture and mechanics to welding and metal fabrication, which Heather teaches along with her colleague, Lucas Nagger. Last semester, I visited one of Lucas's classes. Some of his students were working on a unique project, designing a landscape for a local elementary and middle school. On this day, Jasmine Ponce Escoto, Oscar Carrasco, and Fabian Guardado are about to hop on a Zoom call.
4: Jasmine and Oscar, if
1: you guys could turn your videos on, that'd be great as well for this. They are meeting with Tennyson Knoll's preparatory school principal, Heather McGuire, and Jeremy Kapelki, who works in grounds and maintenance for the Westminster Public School District. Can everybody see the screen? Are we ready to get rolling? Yes, we can. Fantastic. The district worked on the school's sewer line earlier in the year and had to tear up the existing landscaping. Lucas says it was Jeremy's idea to get high school students involved in redesigning the outdoor space. Uh, Ms. McGuire wanted it to be pollinator-friendly in tons of colors, lots of flowers, very engaging and for the kids and very able for them to embrace. And Jeremy's approach to it was much more of, we want to make sure that this is uh, something that we can maintain. Jeremy was also concerned with security and wanted to make sure there were no large obstacles in front of the school. So the students blended those two design concepts and went to work figuring out which types of grass, rocks, and flowers would fit best. They've already had two rounds of meetings where they got feedback and made lots of changes. Jasmine, if you want to get started that'd be great on what you changed. Now it's time to share their final ideas.
4: So we kept the same design and we also um, emphasized a bit more on the color difference of warm and cool colors.
1: This is the first time Westy's Ag students have partnered on projects outside of the high school. And it's an exciting time for Jasmine, who is a senior.
4: It's been a good experience because it makes you feel like if you were doing it as your actual job, since you're the one that in a way is talking with with the client. This class is called Landscape Design,
1: Installation and Maintenance, and it's part of Westy's Urban Agriculture and Mechanics CTE program. Jasmine's interest stemmed from her childhood in Mexico, where she was born. Her grandpa owns a livestock farm with mainly bulls and heifers, and sometimes there would be lambs and pigs. She spent a lot of time walking through the fields.
4: I would really feel excitement because you would see the big, tall cows just roaming around the fields, and it was also an experience where we would go as a family and we would have our barbecues and we would be socializing with each other and we would just have a really, really good time at the farm. She moved
1: to the U.S. with her mom when she was four. And after a brief stint in California, they joined her dad in Westminster. During the summer, they would visit friends in Wyoming who owned cows, goats, and a couple riding horses.
4: Since it's been a part of my life, I've always kind of known that I wanted to do something within the agriculture industry, just not what it was specifically.
1: Initially, she wanted to become a veterinarian until she got a reality check.
4: My teacher says that if you're going to be a veterinarian, you you also have to be able to handle a puppy dying. I don't think I have the strength and the nerve to handle
1: a puppy dying. So after taking a greenhouse class during her freshman year, she decided on horticulture instead. I
4: still really like animals, but the plants caught my interest more.
1: Teaching career skills is just one part of CTE programs. There's also student organizations, which the state requires for each pathway. In addition to classroom learning, They help students build job, leadership, and personal skills. During her sophomore year in 2018, Jasmine attended the National FFA Convention in Indianapolis with two classmates and their advisor. She got excited when she saw a booth for a moving company run by women.
4: Really, really awesome because I never thought that that was something that a woman could do. She also met a group of
1: women who worked in tree care and brought their climbing gear to the expo.
4: Yeah, I mean, I got to learn about different jobs that I didn't know existed or that people actually did. And that was really cool. And I also got to see um, women in agriculture because from my experience, I've mostly seen um, that it's like a male dominant field.
1: Remember Westminster University? It closed in 1917 when all the students went to fight in World War I. Three years later, the land was sold to a church which still owns it today. The 175-foot-tall historic landmark is now known as the Westminster Castle and it overlooks Metro Denver. Just to the north is that 230-acre working farm. The land is the proposed site of the Uplands, a mixed-use community development project. The developer is still waiting on approval to buy the property from the church. But when the project gets the green light, there'll be acres of parks and open space, a village center, and nearly 2,400 affordable and mixed-priced homes. Right now, you may be wondering how all of this ties into Westminster High School. Well, for a CTE program to be relevant, it has to work with industries, because they know what's needed for their jobs both today and in the future. And in Colorado, these programs must have an active advisory board made up of industry experts, school counselors, and administrators. Westie's industry partners include the city of Westminster, local and national businesses, professionals, and trade organizations. They help make sure the students are learning the right skills in the right way and with the right equipment. In the past, the advisory board has had close to 200 members, but a school administrator says that's decreased due to COVID, and they are actively recruiting new partners. One of the agriculture partners is the Uplands Development and its nonprofit arm, the Uplands Community Collective. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Pleasure to meet you. Yeah, you In May, I met Eric Kornacki, the executive director of the Uplands Community Collective, at an empty building down the street from the farm. The nonprofit wants to build a place-based economy in the city and has four major objectives. One is small business support. Another is creating a community land trust to secure affordable housing. The third is a workforce development project. That's why Eric is showing me around this 3,000-square-foot single-story building that used to house a bar and liquor store.
4: You can see the building has been kind of stripped down to studs. Watch your feet. There are some nails protruding here
1: and there. The nonprofit is going to turn this site into a center for workforce training and development initiatives. The goal is to leverage the economic opportunity of the proposed community development by providing training and certification completion for local residents interested in construction, horticulture, and the culinary arts. In fact, the center is getting ready to start its first program, a free six-week construction skills boot camp for youth and adults in partnership with the Colorado Home Building Academy. In the future, the Uplands Community Collective plans to serve as an employment agency. Eric says it will place residents who go through these training programs or already work in construction with the Uplands Development Builders.
4: Creating those local linkages to strengthen the economy right here and also giving people pride of like, building homes in their community that hopefully they can one day purchase also.
1: And this brings us to the group's fourth goal. Eric says several grocery stores have closed in the area, which limits residents' access to fresh, healthy food. So they want to create a community food system by repurposing some of the area's existing farmland.
4: We know that growing food in a community is a very low-cost and highly effective way to begin eliminating that food desert and getting food to where it needs to go.
1: The Uplands Community Collective is working with Westy to figure out how to create a pipeline from the classroom to internships and jobs. And ag teacher Heather Crabtree is totally on board. Uh, and also hopefully be
3: able to maybe do some Things where our kids go and teach the community, like this is how you would grow your own garden or this is how you start. Uh, And he's also been, hopefully we're gonna be able to hook him up with a couple of our kids to just be a mentor, because it's really important for our kids to have mentors outside of the school that believe in them as much as we do.
1: Which brings us back to Jasmine Ponce Scotto and her classmates Fabian Guardardo and Oscar Carrasco. They're wrapping up the virtual landscape design presentation for the elementary and middle school.
2: So on the on the rocks, um, like you said, uh, we you want us to incorporate some flowers, um, so we added the some of the red barberry, uh, the blue fescue, and some lamb ears, um just so the kids, you know, could touch them. Like you said, the
1: district's grounds and maintenance employee Jeremy Kapelke and principal Heather McGuire liked the changes.
0: Pretty cool designs, guys. You guys did a great job of hearing. From my perspective, you definitely heard what we were looking for at Thomas & Knowles.
1: Coming up, we'll hear how the landscape installation went. But first, we meet a recent Westy graduate who took the skills he learned in the Ag pathway to get an apprenticeship, working in one of Colorado's fastest growing industries.
0: The West's relationship with water is complicated. And the situation is only getting more complex.
1: This year in particular, everyone in Colorado is kind of standing with their hair on end thinking, you know, are we going to be in a real serious drought next year? There's a sense of urgency there in trying to understand what is happening. I'm Alex Hager, bringing you stories about the water issues that define our past, present and future here on KUNC.
4: KUNC is NPR for Northern Colorado, but we are also so much more. Our team of dedicated reporters and producers brings you the stories of people living and working in the place we call home. From reporting on the Colorado River to covering the fentanyl crisis and having that reporting affect legislation to podcasting to connect with new audiences. Help support our growing news service with a membership of just $15 a month. Visit KUNC.org and click donate.
1: I'm Stephanie Daniel, and this is the Colorado Dream Career Education from KUNC. We're exploring how high school is playing an even greater role in shaping today's workforce. I'm on the roof of a one story house in southwest Denver, watching a solar installation. A couple of guys are drilling supports into the rafters so they can lay down the rails. I'm wearing a hard hat, gloves, and a harness that's got me firmly anchored to the roof. So I'm feeling pretty comfortable as I talk with Siobhan Joshi. He's a solar installation supervisor for Grid Alternatives
2: Colorado, which works on residential
1: and commercial properties. So what else needs to be done before the panel's go in?
2: So once we kind of get the standoffs in, the rails in, you can see Will is passing some rails down. We'll bring those up, snap those in. Uh, Once that is in, I don't know if you can kind of see, but...
1: He walks slightly towards the back of the house and
2: peers down at two
1: employees on the ground.
2: They're sending up a stick of conduit. So conduit is just like the the metallic kind of casing that we run wires in. So all the wires are going to come from the ground up to the roof, and that's how the power flows.
1: One of those workers is 19-year-old Juan Dominguez. He's a solo core
2: construction fellow with GRID. College
1: was not in his future when he graduated from Westminster High School in 2020.
2: That was my plan, just to go like straight to work. And since I found this apprenticeship, I thought it was going to be better because I can learn and work at the same time.
1: When Juan started at Westy, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. He liked working with his hands and had some experience in landscaping. So he enrolled in a couple different CTE pathways, like engineering and marketing. In his junior year, he got into agriculture and took the greenhouse class. Then he heard Lucas Nagar was going to teach a class on electricity, and that's when things clicked.
2: And I wanted to give it a try, and yeah, I think that's the best decision that I have to. <laughs>
1: Juan has a cousin in California who works in solar, so he knew a bit about the field, but the class taught him about
2: the industry. We took a whole unit of our renewable uh, energy, and we kind of uh, learned about um, solar panels, how they work, how everything works and how it's building, how it's changing everything. Um, even though we, we didn't like see it like an actual build, but we kind of had an idea of how it's impacting.
0: Yeah, I met one at a Westminster high school hiring fair, I believe is what it was called. That's Brittany Heller.
1: She's the senior manager of Workforce and Community
0: Engagement, at Grid Alternatives Colorado. He was interested in solar. He told me he was interested in possibly becoming a a linesman or a lines worker, you know, for a utility company, which is working on those power lines. So he already knew that he liked it. And I think that is like half the battle.
1: After talking with Juan, his teacher and a career counselor, she knew he would be a great fit for the 13-month Solar Core Construction Fellowship program. Grid Alternatives is the nation's largest nonprofit solar installer, and it serves communities in California, Colorado, the Mid Atlantic region, and tribal communities nationwide.
0: We're trying to create community powered solutions to advance economic and environmental justice using renewable energy as that vehicle. And so, Grid does this really in three major ways. The
1: first is through policy. The second is providing solar energy to low-income households. And the third is workforce development, like the Solar Corps program Juan is a part of, which pays participants a living wage, the equivalent of $15 an hour. The training programs are only open to people from low-income backgrounds. Brittany says GRID also works to employ those who are underrepresented in the industry, including women, people of color, and those with felony convictions. Brittany is actually a Solar Corps alum herself and had no construction experience before she started. The program, she says, is like getting paid to go to solar school. There's lots of hands on experience and an emphasis on professional development. In May of 2019, Governor Jared Polis unveiled his Roadmap to 100% Renewable Energy by 2040 and Bold Climate Action Plan. It includes solar energy and access to it. And in the second paragraph of the report is this gem. The two fastest growing professions in the United States are solar photovoltaic installers and wind turbine service technicians. Colorado ranks number seven in solar jobs per capita. Brittany believes CTE programs, like the one at Westie, are an important way to get kids exposed to and interested in the industry.
0: Also, you know, you're kind of seeing a lot of young people move away from the trades. Um, If you talk to like the electricians union or anybody, they're like, we need to attract more young people to do this job. Um, And it's the same thing for solar. So getting young people, you know, that hands-on technical training where they can try it out and see if they would like it or see if this is something they could pursue, I think is so critical to do early on.
1: Back at the job site, Juan is working on electrical gear at the back of the house. Right now, I'm just going to prepare everything,
2: just connect uh, this conduit to this.
1: Juan doesn't think he would have gotten this apprenticeship if he hadn't taken that electricity class back in high school. Would you recommend this program to other Westie students?
2: Yeah, I I would recommend it to whoever wants to learn more about uh, solar. I think it's a good way to start.
1: Juan's Grid Solar Corps Fellowship ended in late July, and by August, he had already lined up another apprenticeship. This one is a three-year program with the International Union of Operating Engineers who work with heavy construction equipment. When he graduates, he'll be a journeyman operating engineer. Over text, I asked why he decided to go in this career direction rather than stay in the solar industry. He felt that the IUOE apprenticeship would open up more opportunities and that he's always wanted to be a mechanic.
4: The grass in the middle is a hot rod switchgrass. It's the last day of school in mid-May.
1: Westy senior Jasmine Ponsescoto and I are in front of Tennyson Knowles preparatory school. She and some of her agriculture classmates just finished the landscape installation.
4: This green bushy one right here in the middle, that one is a cobalt gray feather.
1: Jasmine designed the main center plot of land. Her idea stemmed from something Principal Heather McGuire had said. The design should be colorful and appeal to the eyes of kindergartners. So she immediately thought of the colors in the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and other kids' shows and decided on contrasting colors.
4: The left side over there, it's, um, I believe those are the cooler colors, which are the blues, the purples, whites. And over here in the right side, are the darker, a bit darker, more sunset type of colors, like yellows and and darker purples. Two large flower pots sit outside the kindergarten classrooms.
1: A group of Westy students in the greenhouse class came up with the idea to fill them with rosemary, lavender, and creeping thyme. Principal Heather McGuire was on hand for the installation. We made sure that everything in those two pots is edible, and the kindergartners were already out here today smelling them, so. While the students were working, every grade at Tennyson Knowles came outside to look at the garden and ask questions. She says her kids were excited, and the partnership was a great way for them to understand what the high school has to offer. This is a special moment for Jasmine, Not only is it her last day of high school, but she's also a Tennyson Knowles
4: alum. It's very exciting, super emotional, because it's the elementary school that I first arrived to, where I learned how to speak English, learned all of the colors and the math things. Back then, the grounds just had
1: patches of grass and dandelions.
4: To be able to come back and display all of these pretty flowers that'll eventually grow and keep on growing is very, like, wow, you know?
1: Jasmine was the first in her family to graduate high school, and she now attends Colorado State University. She received a full scholarship from the Colorado Garden Foundation to study environmental horticulture. Principal Heather McGuire moved on from Tennyson Knowles after the end of the school year but the garden she spearheaded was still blooming in August to welcome the newest group of kindergartners on their very first day of school. To see photos and learn more about students Jasmine Ponce Escoto, Juan Dominguez, and Maya Kevel, and Westy's agriculture program, go to KUNC.org. In our next episode, There's a new class at Westminster High School that's helping students like Junior Kan Tran fly into a growing, well-paid industry.
2: There's a lot of like financial opportunities
0: as well. Like there's a lot of jobs surrounding it and they get paid pretty well.
1: I'm Stephanie Daniel. The Colorado Dream Career Education is a production of KUNC. It was reported, written, and produced by me with editing and production help from Ray Solomon. Brian Larson is the editor and Jackie High is the digital editor. Our theme music is by Matthew Simonson and other music is by Blue Dot Sessions. Special thanks to Tammy Turwelt and Jason Gonzalez. This story was produced as part of the Higher Education Media Fellowship at the Institute for Citizens and Scholars. The fellowship supports new reporting into issues related to post-secondary career and technical education.